Today at 4 p.m. is the official deadline for NFL teams to use the franchise tag on impending free agents should they so choose. Reports coming out of Pittsburgh indicate that the Steelers intend to use said tag on running back Le'Veon Bell for what would be the second year in a row, and that decision is not sitting well with the two-time All-Pro. Bell has long since stated his desire to receive a lucrative long-term deal from the Steelers and has been outspoken about not wanting to be tagged for the second year in a row. A franchise tag would net him $14.5 million for this upcoming season, but it lacks the long-term security a player of Bell's caliber feels he's earned. Earlier this year, Bell talked about the potential of getting hit with the franchise tag again and discussed about what he would do about it if it ended up happening. The tailback has threatened not only to sit out, but perhaps to retire. That potential has now become a reality, and Bell will now be forced to make a tough decision. Does he play under the tag for one more year, collect the guaranteed $14.5 million, and then hit free agency again next year? Or does he hold firm to his convictions and make the Steelers sweat things out? Bell can sign the franchise tender offer and still work out a long-term deal with Pittsburgh. In that scenario, the two sides would have until July 16th to come to terms on a new contract, or else Bell would be locked into playing the 2018 season under that one-year tag. No agreement can be reached, however, until Bell signs the franchise tender, something it doesn't appear like he is willing to do, at least right now. A long-term arrangement may be tricky to work out. As Bell describes the current negotiations, saying, quote, They are too low, or I guess they feel I'm too high. I'm playing for strictly my value to the team. That's what I'm asking. I don't think I should settle for anything less than what I'm valued at, end quote. So, there seems an obvious divide between the Steelers and their star running back as to what exactly the dollars in a long-term deal would be like. While we don't know exactly what the team has offered or what Bell is looking for, We do know that he has previously rejected a contract that would have paid him $30 million in the first two years of a longer-term deal. Currently, the highest-paid running back in the league is Atlanta's Devonta Freeman, who is playing under a five-year $41 million deal, and Buffalo's LaShawn McCoy, who is under contract for five years at $40 million. Bell considering his skill, accomplishments, and age, likely seeks to significantly eclipse those guys to become deservedly the NFL's highest paid running back. It seems likely that Bell is looking more towards the contracts of the league's elite wide receivers rather than his counterparts at running back when looking at a template for a new deal. Due to Bell's ability as not just a runner, but an elite pass catcher out of the backfield, he holds more value than the traditional NFL running back, meaning when he's looking to get paid long-term by the Steelers, he's seeing the contracts received by players like Texans wideout DeAndre Hopkins or Falcons wide receiver Julio Jones and what they got as opposed to guys like Freeman and McCoy. Hopkins and Jones both signed five-year deals with more than $35 million guaranteed at signing that pay them $81 and $71 million, respectively. I assume that's what Bell feels he's worth, and it's hard, hard to argue that his play on the field hasn't proved that to be the case. However, the Steelers still judge the market by what other running backs are making, not wide receivers, meaning that this disconnect between Bell and the team is what's resulting in this franchise tag standoff. Ultimately, should Bell decide to begrudgingly play the 2018 season under the tag, 
And if the two sides do fail to negotiate a long-term deal by the July deadline, it seems highly unlikely that he would be franchised again. A third straight year of the tag makes Bell eligible for the quarterback franchise tender, which would be over $24 million in the 2019 season, something that's untenable for the Steelers to commit to. Like all major contract negotiations, this will come down to who blinks first. Will the Steelers buy into Le'Veon Bell's threats to sit out or retire, or will Bell decide walking away from $14.5 million is too difficult to do? This will probably end up as a lengthy stare-down between the two sides that will in all likelihood bleed into OTAs and minicamp without a definitive resolution. All we know now is there's a seemingly wide gap between Le'Veon Bell and the Pittsburgh Steelers, and right now, neither side is budging. I'm Jet Stryer, and this is your home for the best quick-hitting sports news, only on Anchor. One of the worst rules in professional sports today is the fact that players graduating from high school cannot immediately declare for the NBA draft. Since 2006, the league has prohibited the drafting of high school players, which ended a long-standing practice of some of the nation's best prep players for going college and going straight to the pros. Before that mandate, the league had been littered by these preps-to-pros players, some of whom had gone on to become several of the greatest NBA talents in history. Guys like Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, Dwight Howard, Tracy McGrady, and LeBron James, amongst others, all came directly from high school to the National Basketball Association only to flourish. Now, they can't do that, but we're beginning to hear some rumblings that the NBA, led by Commissioner Adam Silver, is ready to finally do away with this nonsense. Not only has the NBA expressed interest in reverting back to allowing high school players to jump straight to the league, but in addition to that, create a system and a culture that provides them a better chance to succeed upon doing so. According to ESPN's Brian Windhorst, quote, the NBA is focused on getting involved in two important periods in which they currently have minimal contact with prospects, the high school years and the time between high school graduation and when the young player is physically and emotionally ready to join the NBA, end quote. What exactly that means is relatively unclear at this point, but it's certainly a positive thing that the league is taking a look at not just going back to a system that was fine to begin with, but improving upon it. When the NBA did away with allowing the best high school players to be draft eligible, it created a ripple effect that we've seen in college basketball, which is the meteoric rise of one-and-done players. The best players in high school, the ones that likely would have gone straight from the prom to the NBA draft, now couldn't jump right into the league, so instead, they spent an obligatory one year in college and then went to the NBA. It's been a point of contention and complaint amongst college basketball coaches, analysts, and fans, and created a sort of mercenary culture around college hoops. You can't really blame the players, considering they were essentially forced to go to college, so why would they or should they have any loyalty to a school that recruited them when what they really want is to be making money that the NBA promises them? College athletics being a broken system is a completely separate issue, but when the NBA changed its draft eligibility rule, it further damaged an already bad system. Now that looks like it's on the path to being rectified. Even if the NBA does allow to begin these high school players back into the draft pool, we'll still see a fair share of one and dones. However, I would expect that number to certainly decrease. 
Going back to allowing high school players entrance into the NBA draft is the best thing not just for the NBA or college basketball, but for the players themselves. These 18-year-olds, legal adults, if they are talented enough to deserve a shot to be drafted, they deserve a chance to earn a living playing basketball. It seems like soon they will be able to finally do just that. I'm Jet Stryer, and this is your home for the best quick hitting sports news only on Anchor. It's Tuesday, March 6th. All of Monday's basketball games are in the books. Here is your morning after in the NBA. The Cavaliers blow out the Pistons 112-90. LeBron James puts up a game-high 31 points, dishing out 7 assists and grabbing 7 rebounds. And Larry Nance Jr. has a career-high 22 points and another career-high 15 rebounds for a double-double in the Cleveland victory. Blake Griffin ends his night with 25 points to go with 5 assists and 8 rebounds. And Andre Drummond scores 15 points and hauls in 9 boards for Detroit in their loss. Indiana edges out Milwaukee 92-89. Bojan Bogdanovic leads all scorers with 29 points. And Victor Oladipo adds 14 points, 5 assists, and 5 rebounds, but turns the ball over 10 times in the Pacers' win. On the losing side, Eric Bledsoe scores 26 points. And Giannis Attentacumpo puts up an 18.5 block, 12 rebound, double-double for the Bucks. The Suns are walloped by the Heat 125-103. Asan Whiteside goes for a 24.3 block, 14 rebound, double-double. And Goran Dragic chips in with 17 points and 5 assists in the Heat win. Devin Booker drops a game-high 31 points to go with 5 assists. And TJ Warren scores 19 points in the Phoenix loss. Chicago is crushed by Boston, 105-89. Jalen Brown leads the contest in scoring with 21 points, and rookie Jason Tatum adds 14 points and 5 rebounds as Kyrie Irving sits with an injury in the Celtics' victory. Denzel Valentine puts up 20 points and 5 rebounds off the bench, and rookie Laurie Markkinen scores 12 points for the Bulls in their loss. The Spurs sneak past the Grizzlies 100-98. Tony Parker ties a game high, scoring 23 points off the bench. And Kyle Anderson scores 11 points and gets 5 steals in the San Antonio victory. Marc Gasol goes for a 23.10 rebound double-double. And Jamichael Green has a 14.5 assist, 15 rebound double-double for Memphis in the losing effort. Orlando falls to Utah 94-80. All five of the Jazz starters and the Knights scoring in double figures, led by a game-high 21 points and 17 rebounds from Rudy Gobert. And rookie Donovan Mitchell added 19 points and 5 rebounds in the win. Nikola Vucevic finishes up with a 15.12 rebound double-double. And Aaron Gordon has 13 points and 6 boards in the Magic loss. And the final game Monday, the Blazers top the Lakers 108-103. Damian Lillard leads all scorers with 39 points, scoring 19 of them in the fourth quarter to go with 6 assists. And Joseph Nurkic has 16 points and 16 rebounds in Portland's victory. All five of LA's starters score in double figures with Julius Randle putting up 21 points and hauling in 9 rebounds. And Isaiah Thomas scores 19 points and hands out 7 assists off the bench in the loss. That's the buzzer for this edition of the Morning After in the NBA. I'm Jet Stryer and this is your home for the best quick hitting sports news only on Anchor.